All right, so I wrapped up that episode this morning before work. At lunch, I go on a run during my lunch break, and during the run, one of my buddies texts me and asks me, so give me your thoughts, and I'm like, my thoughts on what? And it turns out, of course, I step away, lunch break, go on a run, and Kevin McCarthy is ousted as speaker. And let me get the count up in front of me here, but it was uh, kind of tight. It was pretty, pretty close for him, but... Representative Steve Womack of Arkansas presided over the vote, and he went out in front of everyone and said, in quotes, the office of Speaker of the House of the United States House of Representatives is hereby declared vacant. And he said this after the 216 to 210 roll call concluded. So I think the best way to sum this up is how Jonah Goldberg said on, I think it was on CNN today, He said this feels like one of the most unsurprising surprises of the year, and I think that's true. I mean, Kevin McCarthy, he he really wanted to go down in history as speaker. He wanted his name on the door. He wanted that that you know title next to his name, Speaker of the House, and he got it. But he also just shot himself in the foot. Actually, I don't don't even know if he has any feet left because he shot himself in the feet so many times. Because now he's going to go down in history, but he's going to go down in history as the third shortest lasting speaker in U.S. history. Probably not exactly what he was hoping for, but hey, he's, he's going down in history. Now, to add some context, the two guys in front of him, both black and white pictures, by the way, so that gives you some context to when they were speakers, First guy one day in the in office as speaker. So he has the record. It's going to be hard to beat that. But actually the second guy, Michael Kerr, he died 250 days into the job. So that's why he wasn't speaker anymore is because he literally died. But other than that, usually you last a little bit longer than that. And I I read I read John Boehner's book about the chaos he dealt with as speaker. Paul Ryan discusses how he didn't really even want to be speaker. He wanted to be on the budget side of things, but he took the job. And so to put it into context, McCarthy did worse, and it's really hard to be the Republican speaker with all the crazies and the Freedom Caucus and the Tea Party back in those days and the moderates. You really have to balance a lot. And clearly he didn't do a very good job at that. And of course, this feels like a self-inflicted wound, in a lot of ways, I still don't even know what the terms were that he made with people like Matt Gates. But they went through over a dozen votes just for him to become speaker back in January. And it took Donald Trump calling in at the 11th hour to sway some people to just let McCarthy do it. But McCarthy sold his soul at a discount price and he still lost. And he kowtowed to the crazies. He emboldened the Matt Gateses and the Marjorie Taylor Greens, and he allowed Trump to really be a kingmaker. And so, as I've said to a few, few, a few different people today, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. You helped create this monster, and eventually the monster is going to come and try to consume you as well. And in this case, it did. He's probably one of the weakest speakers because of the motion to vacate the chair, something that, from my understanding, is pretty much a 1700s, early 1800s 
idea that's actually never been used in principle. They also brought down the threshold to even do it. That's why a 216 to 210 vote was enough to actually make him vacate the chair, which is just insane. And that tells me, I think, a lot about McCarthy as a person. He wanted the title more than he actually wanted to lead. He wanted the title more than he actually wanted to change the country or do better. He wanted the title more than he wanted the struggles of the job. And he was willing to pretty much give up his power to, his power to be a leader just so he could get the job. And that's why at the end of the day, I think this is self-inflicted. And I also don't feel bad for him whatsoever. And the problem is, is I talked about this last week a little bit, and I'll talk about it now. I think Matt Gates is a toxic bomb thrower who does not care about the country. He cares about his future in office. But I also think that some of his criticisms of McCarthy being a weak speaker are correct. And some of the things that I'll get to in a minute that, that Gates has said today about McCarthy are also correct. And it, it is just interesting to see these bomb throwers inside of McCarthy's own party create these problems for him. I find it quite entertaining. And I guess in a sense, it is kind of refreshing. Now, the interesting thing to me here, I should actually also note that when I say it was 216 to 210, I don't think I described this earlier, he needed to get to 218, basically to keep his spot. And he didn't make that threshold. So 216 means he had to vacate the chair. That's, that's what all of that vote means. But anyways, what I was going to say is that I was telling a buddy earlier, my theory was that McCarthy was maybe going to run again because there's limited alternatives. And maybe this was a threat from the Ga the Matt Gates five or six or however many there are now. And maybe he'd say, okay, I'm going to run again. And they would just say, see, we do own you. So you have to do what we say. We'll, we'll let you be speaker again but we really own you now. And look what we can do. We can hold a vote and make you vacate your position. And so at first I thought maybe that was going to happen. Maybe there was a possibility of that. But I just have seen now that McCarthy is not going to run for speaker. And I just saw some highlights from his press conference that just aired. First off, I have to say it was a pretty irritating press conference. He started out, and I don't, I've heard this story before, I don't really care, I don't know why he started with this, but he talked about his time basically going to a JC, winning the lottery, putting some money in the stock market, starting a franchise, trying to get an internship in Congress, not getting it, selling his business, and then becoming speaker, eventually. Kind of a rags to riches story. Cool, man. You know, I'm glad to hear the American dream worked for you. You know, I'm not going to not gonna shit on that by any means. But then he gets into how everything he did was for the American people. He chose compromise and working together over grievance. grievance sorry. Then he bashes Democrats <laughs> while talking about unity. He says, I couldn't look the soldiers in the eye and let the government shut down and it's, it's interesting because he's smiling during this press conference, but there's like a sad, vacant emptiness in his eyes that's kind of depressing, actually. This whole thing was sort of depressing. Now, he does bring up an interesting part towards the end of his address where he said he has a real issue with the fact that eight Republicans can basically oust him when he's trying to keep the government open. And also the Democrats who want to govern can all vote against his speakership. So now the government or the, the house is kind of in limbo right now. It is an interesting situation you have. Now, 
he doesn't mention that he's the one that agreed to the terms set out by some of these bomb throwers just to become speaker. Again, because he wanted to become speaker so badly, he allowed all of these crazy provisions to happen. And because of that, he will be the first speaker to be ousted because of one of these weird forms of agreements. And I, and I think what we do see that is pretty fascinating to me is that eight Republicans, I believe it was eight, basically went with the Democrats in not voting for him to be speaker. It is a pretty interesting phenomenon. Now, he's, during his address he's giving, he's mad at the Democrats as well. This isn't the Democrats' fight. We have to remember that Pelosi, not Pelosi, Pelosi, when she was speaker, also had very small majority margins. But she was able to bring her party together, and she actually stood up against some of the left fringes inside of the House. A good speaker holds their House caucus together so that they don't see eight people basically be able to throw them out. That's the difference is a strong leader would have stopped this from happening, in my opinion. See, blaming the Democrats is stupid to me because basically I think McCarthy had a lot of opportunities to work with the Democrats, but he didn't. He spent a lot of time appeasing Marjorie Taylor Greene and others to the likes of her. And then he also kowtowed to the impeachment inquiry and to Joe Biden and all this type of stuff. And I guess, again, this just feels like a self-inflicted wound here. You know, he just really should have been working with Democrats instead of appeasing the crazies in his own party. The Democrats had no obligation to vote for him, right? I don't think there's ever been an opposition party that's voted for the speaker, especially in our last 20 years in our divisive political era. It's the role of the speaker to try to get their entire side together, and he failed. Now, before we're out of here, just this is just a quick little emergency pod. But before we're out of here, I think some other questions would be like, what is next? Like, who is the next speaker going to be? And I watched some Republicans exiting this meeting they had where I guess McCarthy told them he wasn't going to be running again for it. And <laughs> to me, the interviews I saw were very fitting of the Republicans' biggest problem right now. Yes, they throw bombs. Yes, they wanted to oust Kevin McCarthy. Yes, they enjoy the red meat and the chaos and the entertainment value. But when it comes to actually solutions or alternatives or next steps, no one has any idea. I, I hate to say this again because I am not a Matt Gates guy. There's something just kind of creepy about Matt Gates. He kind of creeps me the fuck out. But anyways, in this case, he comes out of the meeting and CNN interviews him and he actually brings up a valid point. He's like, he, he basically talks about how they're not going to be getting to holding a vote until potentially next Tuesday or Wednesday. So there's pretty much going to be a short recess for the next week. The house is going to be closed because you can't really operate the house without a speaker. And so Gates is actually mad that there's going to be a week off before there's even a, an election or any type of vote held to be determined who the next speaker is. Now, of course, I think it's lost on Matt Gates that this is kind of directly his fault. He's the one that wanted to hold this vote. So at one point, he's mad that there's going to be no governance for the people. But then at the same time, the House would still be rolling along, I think, if he hadn't ran this vote today, or at least been the guy that fired up this vote today. So the irony is not lost on me, but Matt Gates is also not wrong that now there's no hurry for them to, to elect a new speaker. And I think the American people suffer from that because what happens if there's 
a national disaster or some event that requires congressional approval. I mean, basically, the government is open. We avoided the government shutdown. But now the House is closed. The House is shut down. And that's dangerous. This stunning lack of urgency after they literally ousted their own is, is very irritating to me and very insane to me. Again, I mean, if you want to talk the political side of this, it's only good for Democrats. That would be my theory in this. But it is very, very, very bad for Republicans, especially because I, I saw Congressman Comer was interviewed. He said he has no idea who's up. <laughs> it's interesting. It's like, will the real Slim Shady please stand up at this point? And the reason I say that is because it just seems to me like none of these people are actually interested in leadership. Matt Gates was very happy. I saw him interviewed after the vote to oust McCarthy happened. He seemed very thrilled that it happened. But they're like, okay, well, will you run for speaker now? No, of course not. Matt Gates has no interest in leading. He doesn't want to go through the trials and tribulations that McCarthy went through. He wants to cause chaos and burn down the house, but he doesn't want to be accountable for actually leading anything. These people are all just insane. And I guess this is what happens when you appease the crazies. They're not going to go away. And we're learning that more and more and more. The last thing I will say, though, is the Trump factor in this is interesting because we have to remember that he was highly involved in McCarthy actually getting the position back in January. He ended up calling people kind of towards the end of everything. I remember Marjorie Taylor Greene holding up her cell phone saying, look who's calling me, and it was Donald Trump. The thing here is, my theory, Trump was not involved in this at all today. It's probably because he was in court in New York, and, you know, he's selfish, so he has other issues right now. Probably doesn't care too much about his Kevin, my Kevin, as he calls him. And this is, again, another lesson. You can do everything for Trump. You can defend Trump. You can kiss the ring for Trump. But he'll turn on you quickly or ignore you when you need him. Just look at all of his attorneys. Look at Rudy Giuliani. And now look at Kevin McCarthy. I'm sure Trump could have saved him today. But Trump was busy. And Trump throws you out like old, old dirty laundry. If he, uh, if he doesn't like you, throws you out like the trash, if his interests come up or if he moves on from you. And yeah, this is the structure now of the caucus. And I'm going to be curious to see who is the next speaker. We'll talk about this, I'm sure, more as the week goes, but I just wanted to get some early thoughts out. So anyways, second pod, I guess, of the day. Have a great evening. Getting dark here already. It's almost six o'clock now. And I don't like how dark it's getting. So anyways, it's probably a lot darker in the house right now, especially if you're a Republican. <laughs> anyways, you can find me on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean. You guys know the rest. Adios. Adios.